You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome everyone to RB1 Colon of Fantasy Football Podcast, part of the Fake Teams Podcast channel. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, and I am joined by some of the guys. We have resident old man Clark Barnes and the working girl Jordan Smith. Guys, how are we doing today? Doing great, Pete. Doing good. Good. Jordan, it has been a while since you have joined us on the show, and I can only hope that you've been using all of your free time to binge watch uh, Bridgerton. Oh yeah, that only took a couple days. I was very much in. I was invested in it. Good. I assume you've already you've already finished it then. Oh yeah, yeah. Good. Got Good. to the end. Wanted more. Wanted instantly. Wanted more. Uh, Bex and I just finished it like three days ago, and it was it lived up to everything that you'd expected it to be, which was a trashy. Uh, reality show but like constructed to be such while set into set in like whatever the 1700s i don't know it was like old victorian era just a um a soap opera not masquerading as one it was very i've never watched any other like the shonda rhimes type oh you got if you haven't seen any you should watch scandal because scandal scandal is is like this drawn up while set in modern day dc with kerry washington just having copious amounts of sex with the president (laughs) scandal's an absurd show yeah just absurdity i think that's what keeps you locked in yeah Clark, I can only assume you also have binge watched Bridgerton with all with all your people. I'm I'm not really familiar with what you're talking about, but I'm glad <laughs> that you guys are having a good time. Uh, I figured I figured as such. I was talking to Becca, and I was like, "Oh, I'm definitely going to definitely going to make Jordan talk about Bridgerton on the show." And she was like, "Oh, he's he's watched it." I was like, "Yes, of course. Any show that I feel like we Beck and I have watched, Jordan has also seen." Uh, but you can also confidently say that Clark has not seen it. We now just started in to fill that void. We're start. We just started Watchmen, the HBO show, which mm, incredible, mm-hmm. so good. And I'm a little upset that it's taken us this long to watch it, but so far it has been paying a dividends. Watchmen is good. I watched it last summer. Um, I'm actually filling the void with the Flight Attendant, which is also a miniseries on HBO, and it's very Ooh. good. Yeah, is it okay? That was we were thinking yeah. about that one. My brother and his wife are watching. Have watched that or are watching that. Um, and thoroughly enjoyed it. That's true. I totally forgot mm-hmm. about that. Also, do Kaylee Cuoco connect? Right. Well, she's also, and we're going down this tangent. She's also the voice actor for the Harley Quinn animated series, which is also on HBO. And like, quite possibly the number one show for me of 2020 was the Harley Quinn animated series. Oh my god, it's so good. Ten out of ten. Cannot recommend it enough to people. Uh, it just takes all of the preconceived notions of Batman characters and turns them on their heads. It's just ah, so good. And now I'm watching the Batman animated series. Anyways, a lot of a uh, lot of free time in the Rogers household, so got to fill it with something. 
props to anyone who can still watch animated TV shows. I can't do it. Uh, I I still enjoy them. Clark, your takes on animated TV shows? Uh, I'm I'm for it. Uh, Big Mouth is a is a hit. I really enjoyed yes. at least the first season and a half of that. So. See, I keep hearing like Big Mouth, BoJack Horseman, Bob's Burgers, but I'm just, I don't know. I feel like I just, something in my mind just turns off and like, I can't pay attention. Understandable. So I can't read graphic novels. I just, Mm. my brain doesn't do it. It's not that I think they're stupid. I'm some smart people who I know read like them. I just can't, I just can't do it. I skip to the end. So that's. (laughs) You can't do that. You have to go top <laughs> left to right. And I'm just like, what's the last panel? That's what, <laughs> then it just all falls apart. Then it, it ruins you, it all for you. Do you do that with like reading? I know there there are people out there. I'm not one of them, but there are people out there who like read the first chapter and the last chapter. And then they like I don't I don't know what they do. Do they go through and read the middle? It's like the the journey That's, to the end is supposed to be the important. right. Why would you? Why would you read? Why would you figure out how the book concluded and then be like, "All right, this is." I guess it's like a way to gauge whether or not it's worth your time to read this book. I, I assume so, but I don't know. I finished makes, a ton of books I don't like because I've already spent like fifteen hours right reading it. That's currently how I'm at. I'm reading the like Sir, the Wheel of Time series, which is like thirteen books long, and I'm six books into it, and I'm just like, God damn it! Like I want to. I mean, and I haven't read it for like six months now, so I've basically quit. But uh, but it's something where it's just like while I was reading, and I was like, God, this is so boring. But I just I'm so inv- I'm I've invested so much time into it now that it's like I just got to keep going gotta finish it gotta figure out how it concludes but it has not wowed me so i basically am done with it so there you go uh well we will talk about football eventually well i was gonna say i'll be honest peeling back the onion curtain we don't have much planned for for today's show uh i definitely want to talk about we had big news breaking today on monday which was uh the eagles releasing their head coach so i definitely want to touch on that and then of course we got to get clark's take on all the swirling deshaun watson rumors uh (laughs) to which he just shakes his head and rolls his eyes oh please we're gonna wildly speculate um, and then, uh, maybe, maybe we talk some, uh, divisional round. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see where the mood takes us once we get there, but let's do start with the Eagles firing Doug Peterson today. Uh, and it's a move that just makes me feel like after the way that this Eagle season went, the Eagles brass had to either, like it was either you move on from Doug Peterson or you try to trade Carson Wentz's massive contract that they just handed to him. And clearly they went with the easier option. And so much so that like reports are now coming out that like this firing of Doug Peterson has also like reopened the door to maybe Carson Wentz having a longer leash there and maybe trying to be the QB of the future once again in Philly, which I don't know, Jordan, after seeing what Jalen Hurts put together, like it seems stupid to me for the Eagles to even like fathom the notion of, of going back to Carson Wentz. Yeah, this is a curious situation for anybody who would be coming in and taking over as head coach, especially if it's an outside hire, if they, you know, promote somebody from within, that's within the realm of possibility to just kind of keep the consistency going. Because Jalen Hurts looks like he could be somebody, but if you have a, um, like, there's there's a chance that if somebody is an outside hire that he gets, like, Josh Rosen or... Um, Dwayne Haskins where I'm not saying 
Jalen Hurts is as bad as those guys, but I'm, I am saying that it could very well just be a head coach who's like, no, I want another guy or I want my guy. Like I want to go into this draft because they'll have a relatively high draft pick. They suck this year, but they'll be like, yeah, no, are, I want my guy so we can establish like what I want to implement, what I want to put in. The best case scenario for them is to hire somebody like, dare I say, Wink Martindale in Baltimore and be like, hey, do you like Jalen Hurts? Do you think he can do stuff with his legs and we can run the ball with Miles Sanders? Let's go. Yeah, it's curious. They like totally threw the game against Washington, much to the chagrin of yeah. and the support Everyone of why we shouldn't have uh, a draft. And we certainly shouldn't reward teams for playing poorly. Uh, I, I, if I'm in charge of the Eagles, I want to hire someone that's coming in completely fresh. Yeah, Carson Wentz is getting a ton of money. Uh, how are you going to get someone to take that contract? Jalen Hurts played well for three games, which we've seen from tons of quarterbacks who turned out to then not be good. And the Eagles are picking super high in the draft. So I just think it's really a situation where you've got a lot of good players on the team. You probably shouldn't commit to anything until you know how things are going to break out. And I think hiring someone who's definitely going to try to make uh, Hurts the man is kind of like, what people thought last year of like, oh man, Drew Locke's totally it. He's going to be totally good. No, he had four good games. And then this year we saw like, he's okay. Right. And there's a lot of okay guys out there. Really surprising. What I'm interested in is the fantasy impact. Miles Sanders was coming on at the end of the year. What is this going to do to him? You know, so just watching those coordinator hires and coaching hires is going to be super, super interesting. You have to remember, like, everyone who even considered playing offensive line for the Eagles got hurt this year. That's a big part of why they didn't do well. So they shouldn't be terrible. They're an okay team. So definitely going to be an interesting uh, team to take a shot on for fantasy drafts next year. Yeah, especially, I mean, like Jordan said, if they go out and get uh, Martindale from the Ravens, I mean, if you get, if they draft or not draft, if they sign any kind of like offensive coordinator or any mind from a team that has specifically emphasized the ground game, I feel like that's just going to only bolster perceivably in the, in the realm of people's minds, Miles Sanders is stock this year uh, or going into 2021 because of the fact that like, if, if the Eagles become this like run dominant team, even if they, even if Boston Scott and Miles Sanders, you know, Boston Scott sees a larger uh, work share there like he did this year like presumably if they're running the ball a ton you're still going to get a lot out of Miles Sanders I would absolutely love like if I'm the Eagles brass I'm pitching as like Jalen Hurts is your guy like we're going to construct an offense like what Ravens what the Ravens did with Lamar build an offense around you know what Jalen Hurts does well Jalen Hurts his legs and Miles Sanders and like this whole ground passing it rushing attack and then we can build in a r- passing attack especially since the Eagles don't have any weapons in that passing game to like really I mean Zach Ertz is in a contract year who knows if he's going to be brought back you have an aging Alshon Jeffrey yes you have Jalen Rieger who showed flashes this year but clearly was not the wide receiver to take in the first round I mean pretty much every other wide receiver in the first round outperformed Rieger this year um and so it's it seems to me that like the Eagles, the way you move is you move into this ground game and you get an offensive coordinator or, or a head coach who's going to emphasize that they might not. I mean, who knows? Like, who knows what is ultimately going to happen with this team? I would love for them to emphasize the ground game and and build a team where Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts gets used. The, the fact that Carson Wentz is like still somehow in the discussion to me is moronic in my opinion and i think it is just like yes you gave him a huge contract and yes it's going to be hard to move that contract but 
this this in, a, in an NBA equivalent, I feel like people said the same thing about like Chris Paul or Russell Westbrook or John Wall and all those players have been traded multiple times in like the last two years. And so I think a, a team who's going to be quarterback needy is going to be willing to like, sh- you know, shell a discount in terms of draft pick compensation in order to pay for Carson Wentz. Like you can't tell me that Frank Reich and the coat and the Colts aren't going to be like, Hey Eagles, if we send you a third and you send us Carson, yeah, maybe we'll take on that contract. And I can like, believe I can turn Carson Wentz back into the MVP player that we saw years ago. Yeah. I have to correct myself real quick. I said Martindale. I meant uh, Greg Roman from the Ravens um, just automatically went to the defensive mind, but in the um, earth shattering, like the world is officially upside down. Like maybe they just try to do whatever they can to pry Alex Van Pelt away from the Browns. Um, mm. you, you never really see a whole lot of uh, coaching hires coming out of that neck of the woods, but um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Pete. I think that why wouldn't a team who needs a quarterback, the most important position in football, um, shell out at least a third um, to bring uh, somebody you might believe in, somebody that you might have worked in before. Um, and kudos to, you know, Billy Brass. Like these, this team has been ravaged by injuries for the past two years, but Teams suffer through injuries all the time. Um, I think like an example that you look at is uh, Kyle Shanahan in the 49ers, like absolutely devastated by injuries this year. They have like 0.75 quarterbacks on the roster and they're still putting together a competitive team. Like the only reason the Eagles were competitive this year is because the rest of the division was not. So they cut the ties with Doug Peterson, even after he won a Super Bowl and he didn't get the like 10 year grace period, like a Mike McCarthy or a Sean Payton had after winning one Super Bowl. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where they go. It's another, it's another team now looking for a, uh, for a head coach, which for Rick Segway doesn't bode well for Clark's Texans since everyone's going to be going after the crowning jewel of the uh, head coaching carousel in Eric Bieniemy. And uh, the Texans have not reached out to Eric Bieniemy. And in fact, let me find the exact quotes. I'm trying to quickly do this on Twitter. You would think that I would have this shit prepared ahead of time, but I don't. Uh, it was it was the Mort Report. Oh God damn it, Mort Report, Mort Report. What's his name? Morton Anderson. Morton Anderson. <laughs> Morton Anderson. Uh, anyways, who reported that Deshaun Watson has like. I believe formally asked to be traded or at the very least wants to get out of Houston has listed Miami as a possible destination. We will touch on that later. Uh, but Clark's excited for Tua and uh, but more so, but like part of the things that he pointed to was the fact that the Texans brass didn't immediately have an interview with Eric Bieniemy, which we on this podcast completely agree with. Like, come on, Texas, what are you doing here? Like, you fired, fired Bill O'Brien in the middle of the year. How are you the one of the last teams to get on the Eric Bieniemy train? And if it's not Eric Bieniemy, like, who the hell are you trying to bring into this team to, to lead this offense, to, to be the leader of this team, to, to coach this squad and maximize the, the moment of Deshaun Watson where he is playing like a top three quarterback in the NFL right now? It's basically him... And there's like from the throwing standpoint, it's him and Patrick Mahomes. And then you throw Lamar Jackson in there because Lamar Jackson can just do crazy, insane things with his legs. Like we saw that run touch quick t- tangent, that touchdown he had against the Titans where he outran 
their entire secondary and broke like three different uh, angles was just, just incredible, just insane for me. But anyways, I, I, I just, I understand the frustration because the Texans have just seemingly just stuck their head in the sand and been confident doing nothing. Kirk, I know at the end of this, when they traded Deshaun uh, DeAndre Hopkins, you were threatening to to ditch this team and, and find a new team to root for. If they trade Deshaun Watson, I have to. I mean, I have to think that you you would do a similar such threat. There's no you would stick with this team that has done nothing but wronged you uh, for two years in a row now. Yeah, it's tough, and I think you know it's hard to play what's going on in someone else's head. But we're a fantasy football podcast, so I feel like that's right up our alley. Uh, exactly. I understand why Deshaun Watson is is upset. You know, they make these changes after the team has like seemingly been gutted for nothing by the previous regime that was allowed to just continually make mistake after mistake and just kind of totally go against not just what Deshaun Watson wanted, but like anyone who watches football would say was a good idea. And then to follow that up, they go back to the well and hire just some dude from New England again. And that's, I mean, as a portend of things to come, if you're Deshaun Watson, I do not blame him at all to start. I'm going to start making noise. This is we're we're just going back to the good old boys club. We're just going to keep doing things just like we've always been doing. We're going to hire, you know, some retread disciple of, of some guy who we had no success with last time. And it's just, yeah, I, it's frustrating. I was thinking about this, like what would the trade value for Watson cost? And, and I don't know if I'm just trying to talk myself into it being prohibitive, but it would have to be like Matt Ryan and two firsts or something like that. Right. Before you would even consider oh, it would be, Deshaun it has Watson's to be at least like play. Right. It has to be at least like three first round picks. I would think I, I thought I had but seen like, and someone good. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. I thought, so the Miami deal that I had seen batted around was Miami trading Tua and the two first round, the Texans first round pick back. So that would hurt so hard. <laughs> and then, and then the Dolphins 18 overall pick. So you would get two first rounds this year. I would say you have to throw in a first round next year as well. And then you would get Tua, presumably your, your quarterback of the future, or at number three, you can select, you know, Justin Fields or, or whatever quarterback you want. This is just, it's an instance to me where it, 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 it blows my mind that this is how you feel like is a strategic roster building. Like the fact that you would, you'd be like, well, it's, you know, what are we going to do? Like, I understand entirely Deshaun Watson's hand and Deshaun Watson making these requests. The Texans should just be like, yes, whatever you want, we are doing it. Because when you have one of the best players in the NFL under contract, like you make them happy. You don't, you don't try to trade them away. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills, Jordan. Oh, no, definitely not. Uh, Deshaun Watson is one of the, like, five QBs in the league that are worth, like, an extra one or two wins just by having him be the starter um, to your football team, which is invaluable. Like, guys like uh, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Russell Wilson, those guys are guys who can just flat out win you games, and there are, are a handful of them in the league. And Deshaun Watson is definitely worth like not bowing down to but like at least bring in the enemy for an interview that's where that's where like they kind of lose me I understand bringing you know people in no matter what and then having the interview and then being like you know what this guy is a great 
coordinator or he's a great leader of men, but he doesn't have like the other half of that. We don't think he'll be a complete package head coach. That's totally reasonable. But to not even bring in one of the best, if not the best offensive coordinators in the league right now, at least to interview is super perplexing. It's not like Deshaun Watson is out here like, I don't know, get my, get my boy, like one of my friends from high school, he can take over and he can, uh, he can handle the jobs. It's not like, um, who's LeBron's guy, uh, uh um, Maverick Carter. It's not like he has a Maverick Carter in his life <laughs> where he's just like, you know what, get, put this guy in a position to make moves. Uh, and this, it is Bob or yeah. Bob McNair still the owner of the Texans. His son is the owner now. Okay. Well, owner died, son took over. Mm-hmm. And then, and apparently like not to, you know, we're talking about football kind of brings back the trivialities of it when we're talking about, you know, someone's dad dying and all that, but it, it is just the continuation of the, like, we're going to do it our stupid way yeah. that you wouldn't even like, even if you weren't going to hire him just like as a yeah, Olive Branch, just yes. just interview him, and maybe you'll be surprised. Maybe you won't, but like, you don't. And the thing is, hire with, the guy with, that Bill O'Brien wanted two years ago and couldn't get. Like, how is that? And with Zoom, that your interview change? with the enemy, your interview with the enemy is literally like a thirty-minute phone call. Like, you don't even need to like take the guy out to dinner or anything. You don't even need to host him. You're just literally staring at him for thirty minutes while you talk, or however long an interview is. It just mind-blowing to me and the fact that Deshaun Watson like singled that out as as like a I mean or that would that would reports were saying that that was a a a factor it's just like such an easy it's such an easy move to make to appease your franchise player at the most important position in the league in all of sports playing at the highest level in the league at that position it's just it's it's mind-blowing it's perplexing and it also you know what i'm gonna be honest it kind of starts it makes me think at the very least that like maybe this wasn't all bill o'brien's fault like bill o'brien is the scapegoat here because he was gm head coach and drove everything into the ground but like if this kind of shit is still happening after bill o'brien is left then like maybe it's maybe it's we should be lending more you know credence to like the culture or 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 the the management or the brass of houston uh and the texans rather than bill o'brien being this like crazed (laughs) crazed gm who decided that uh you know draft picks are worthless and our draft picks are what you want and and number one wide receivers are worthless yeah bill o'brien wasn't exactly like Adam Gase as a head coach he was actually like a pretty decent X's and O's guy like for the lack of talent that was on that team and Deshaun Watson of course deserves a lot of credit for this too but they at least still won games over the past couple seasons and being a GM and a head coach those jobs are just way too big in today's NFL for any one person to do both at the same time but it wasn't Bill O'Brien who was who just you know, altruistically gave himself this opportunity. It's the, it's the Texan ownership and the Texas brat Texans brats that were just like, yeah, sure. We want you as GM and head coach. Let us give you whatever you want. Yeah. For the record, Bill O'Brien, 52 and 48 in his uh, career as a Houston Texans head coach. It's a winning record. Just above average. Just above 50%. I can't believe, I can't believe we are 
this pod, I've been defending Bill O'Brien on this podcast, but that's that is what the Texans have driven me to. And I'm not even a Texans fan, Clark. I can't even I can't even imagine imagine your pain right now. But we're going to forcibly make you talk about it because it makes for good podcast material. <laughs> I've gotten it out. I hope that Watson stays. The yeah. Texans are in a really precarious salary cap situation as well. It's just JJ Watts probably not going to be on the team next year. And he's been playing poorly anyway. He's yeah. he's getting up there. I hate to say that about the guy, but it's gonna be a, a it's gonna be a team in transition that has looted the coffers. And it's I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's fair. I respect that. Um for the record right, well, though, I I do want to say for all the Finns heads out there, I want Tua to stay where he's at. I think you guys still got something there and you don't have to dump them just yet. Yes. I agree. I, I tweeted this out when the news first broke. Uh Deshaun Watson having to play Deshaun Watson twice a year as a, as a Patriots fan would not, you know, it would probably kill me. Uh, that being said, watching Deshaun Watson and Josh Allen play against each other twice a year would make for good television because both of those guys do have started doing just, I mean, Watson's been doing it since he entered the league and this year, Josh Allen just, they do some ridiculous shit and you're like, I don't know how this, how Josh Allen turns a QB read sneak into a t- passing touchdown as he's getting tackled is beyond me, but you know, that's uh, it would be fun. It would make for good television. All right. Before we go on, we are going to take a quick ad break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, back at you. It's going to be, I'm excited, this is... We could have a very enticing offseason, you guys. But before we get to that offseason, obviously, we still got some uh, actual football games to, to be played. So before we go, I figured uh talk a little bit about the divisional round. And maybe we can talk about some things we're excited for. Jordan, I know Becca is very uh, excited and a, and a tiny bit nervous about now the Packers having to take on the number one defense in the Rams. But I'm sure you're feeling pretty confident. Um. Not fully confident. I don't like how big of favorites they are, which They're is favorite? not no, the like Packers are favorited. Yeah, the Packers. Yeah, it's not a like a oh look at this, it's swinging the the big Packers P all over the place. It's it's like they're seven and a half point favorites right now, which is a little too much for any playoff game. I think I'm I'm not. That's a stay away for all my betting fans out there. Uh, RB one to call in a betting podcast. We did that last year for the Super Bowl. Clark and I, as non-betters, gave great betting advice for the Super Bowl. We'll bring it back this year. Why not? <laughs> yeah, the 
the interesting thing about the Rams is you just see the huge impact that someone like Aaron Donald can have on a game. I think the the little bit of reporting I saw out of Seattle was how stunned Seattle was just because they were so good. But when you have an interior defensive lineman that just causes so much disruption and that you have to pay so much attention to, even in a game where they don't really look like they're doing anything. If you go back and painstakingly watch the line, you see that that's what the offense is concentrating on all game. And then that makes everyone around you better. Like when everyone else is getting single teamed constantly, that just makes it really hard to be successful. That's the only thing I think the Packers really have to worry about that. And the, the Rams offense gives their players just that half step still, even though everyone kind of knows what's coming. So they can't jump up and get and beat you. I think the Packers are going to win just because continue the Aaron Rodgers revenge tour, but can't wait to watch it. Yeah. I think that the, the scariest thing is, is just the fact that the Packers have been dealing with, with Bakhtiari out. They've had so much movement on that offensive line that you've then are that offensive line going up against Aaron Donald, the best pass rusher, best defensive lineman in the NFL. And then another issue that the Packers have had where it's like, who is that number two guy out of Devontae Adams, outside of Devontae Adams? Well, Devontae Adams is going to be covered most likely by, or probably not shadow. I don't think Jalen Ramsey shadows anymore, but Jalen Ramsey is going to see a lot of Devontae Adams. And so now it's you're putting that onus on MVS and, and Robert Tanyan and then the ground game to like be able to make this offense go when Rodgers doesn't have, you know, Devontae Adams, who's was the best wide receiver in the league this year. So I, more, I think if the Packers often, come away from this, that they're, they're Super Bowl favorites in my mind, in my book. Oh, not even. I, I still think the AFC would be a Super Bowl favorite, but. Uh, in offensive line news, believe. did you did you guys see that the Packers signed Jared Veld here after he played for the Colts last week? Which is great. What? He's the first player to ever do this because he was on the Colts. Oh, I think he played at least. Or at least he was uh, on the Colts um, roster. But because he was on their practice squad, they were able to sign him since his season's over with now. So now he is back with the Packers whom he played with last year. So he is another depth piece for the offensive line that, you know, without it. Bakhtiari, it, it's better to have your all pro left tackle there. That's just, you know, I've heard sense, that. I've heard that's a good thing. Yeah, it's great. Um, but this offensive line has been like a, a jigsaw puzzle for much of the year due to various injuries. So hopefully they can, uh, I don't know. There's there's no stopping Aaron Donald. I think you just have to hopefully. He's stupid good. Remember when ESPN ESPN tried to tell us all that he was really bad at run defense or average at run defense? Lol. That was fun. I can't wait for that new cycle to start itself up again if the Packers win. Oh, good. Good for you. Good for you, ESPN, on creating a stat that proves that the best best player on the defensive line is average at something. Means you should reevaluate your stat. Uh, Clark, is there a particular game you're excited for, for this divisional round? No, I just want to, you know, congratulate Cleveland on their win. And, uh, it was a good run. Just enjoy it folks. Cause yeah. it's, it's probably over. It's probably over, but Cleveland playing with goddamn house money. We talked about it a little bit before we started recording the podcast. I, I, there, I take so much joy as a Patriots fan watching the Steelers lose, but as a, just a human being, a decent human being in watching Ben Roethlisberger just lose and be demoralized and just suck at everything he does. And the Browns 
seem winning their first playoff games in like what since 92 i think winning their first playoff game against the steelers and very likely putting the nail in the coffin of the ben ben roethlisberger steeler era is just so poetically wonderful and it brings so much joy to my heart and i'm not even a cleveland browns fan like i i can't even imagine i tried to get uh uh mark abel from who writes for us at fake teams.com, who is a Browns fan. I tried to get him onto the show just to, just to give him like, you know, three minutes to just splooge all of the, uh, all of the joy that I'm sure has, he has pent up in him. I know phrasing that was anyways. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Round three of Tampa Bay and new Orleans. That's going to be, it's going to be, I think the game of the weekend. Yeah. That's my least excited for a game. <gasps> Spicy Only because Jowden. A, I'm a Packers fan, so I'm excited for that game. I'm really excited for Ravens-Bills. I think that could be a fun, like, which QB can run their team into the final uh, game. Those guys are from the same draft, or final game in the AFC side. Uh, both those guys are from the same draft. That's exciting. And, like, what if Cleveland found something? Like, what if they got some magic going – Miles Garrett is the best defensive end in football right now. Uh, they can run the ball really well, so maybe they control the ball a little bit more against Patrick Mahomes. The Raiders kind of figured out a blueprint for at least slowing them down. Maybe they execute that. I'm not Could excited you... watching two octogenarians throw the football on Sunday <laughs> night. Well, what about Alvin Kamara with his Dolce and Gabbana chain? Doesn't that spice it up enough? I suppose that's a fun like battle, like Kamara and uh, Michael Thomas against the Tampa Bay defense. Yeah, I, I like the oxygen. It would, I think, Cleveland would melt if they beat the Chiefs. If the Browns somehow beat the Chiefs and went on to the, the AFC Championship, I, I don't even know what would happen. I feel like the, I, mean, I need no. to find the odds as a, as since we are RB one colon a betting podcast. Uh, now I feel like we need to find the odds and put all of our money on the, uh, on the Browns to win. I I'm sure there is a, a stupid, stupid underdogs. I mean, no offense to the chiefs or any of the chiefs fans out there. I, I still think Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, those boys are all fun, but wouldn't it be great to just have like a team that didn't win it last year, just somebody not a retread of a Super Bowl where the Chiefs, if they keep on rolling through the playoffs, it's like, okay, fine. This is like the Warriors in basketball. We know who's going to win. What are we doing here? I just want somebody a little bit new, new, fresh. Yeah. Um, some quick breaking news before we go. Bill Belichick, uh, Patriots head coach, will not be traveling to Washington nor accepting the Presidential Medal of Freedom. So good choice, Bill. Bill Belichick, all that he's done for this country, is not going to go and take that medal of freedom. It means so much nowadays. I know, truly, a, truly an honor and a, a real statement from Bill not to take it. So, round. He, he probably just months. doesn't want to be on TV until next year. <laughs> he's like, no thanks. I'm, he's, I'm he's, good. I'm going to go hibernate in my cave for the off season. You won't go hang out with my dog, and that's it. We're gonna go grind draft tape so I can find the hit on crushing. 
Bills tape right now. He has oh, got yeah. to get back to the top of the division. 100%. He's like, I don't have time for this dumbass award. I am watching how to defeat Josh Allen while in my bunker in, in Nantucket on, on the water. That's exactly what Bill Belichick is doing. Shout out to Bill, because I know you're listening. Awesome. Well, there you go. Quick little nice tight show. Talking all kinds of good stuff around the NFL. Make sure you subscribe to the Fake Teams podcast wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That's how you'll not only get us, but also our fantasy baseball and fantasy basketball podcasts. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark and Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. We will be back at you next week. Until then. Peace.